This episode of The Cutting Room is sponsored by Grass Valley's Edia 6. Check out the new Edia 6 at www.grassvalley.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. Before we get too far into this podcast, from everyone at Art of the Guillotine and The Cutting Room Podcast, Happy New Year. We're starting the year off with part two of my interview with Glee editor Joe Leonard. Joe's more than just an editor, he's also directed the award-winning film How I Got Lost. Can't go home again, huh? <laughs> you diminished expectations. On September 11th, we got drunk. We were the talented kids who were supposed to be great. But then we grew up and had to figure it out on our own. I had a plan in life, okay? My plan was to make a million dollars on Wall Street so I never had to come home again. And your plan was to become a writer. You fell in love and isn't that working out wonderfully for you? So now, you cover women's basketball. Believe me, the last thing that we need is more plans. Okay, time to go. Get out of the city, man. You can watch the trailer at howigotlost.com or check it out on iTunes. This week in my interview, we continue our discussion of Joe's work cutting Glee. How has the show's cutting style evolved over the first season? I, I think that, you know, it w- the tone was set from the pilot on. And I, I really think it's just been, it's such a unique show because it has the music numbers and because it has the different, different the, the scenes that are dramatic and the scenes that are sort of nearly over the top comedy. I think it's evolved only in the sense that the, the writing has gotten even sharper. We've gotten better at sort of understanding the characters have become more developed, yeah. I think, and much sharper. And so I think it, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I know that, I know that the way we've worked it has changed a little mm-hmm. bit, but I think from the pilot on, they knew exactly kind of what they wanted to try and do. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always just, every episode's just a challenge to like, can we pull this off? Can we pull this off? It's a fun challenge because all the, element, all the different elements are what makes the tone interesting. How do you see the editing, these television, this television sort of musical, how do you see that differs from more traditional musicals from the past, like Singing in the Rain or uh, Meet Me in St. Louis? Well, I think that in this case, you know, because it's a glee club, mm-hmm. there's sort of this, we really attempt to keep it grounded in mm-hmm. a reality is that musicals kind of historically are, are these fantastical things. Like, mm-hmm. this, it's, it's fantasy, really. Yeah. And, and, the, and glee has moments of that, certainly, where there are music numbers that are taking place in someone's head. But I think it's different mainly in the sense that this is a show about high school kids who are kind of losers in a way. And if we can kind of like keep that reality, then that grounds the fact that all these music numbers are happening and that we're doing a Britney Spears song or we're doing a Beyonce song. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's different in that way. I, mm-hmm. I did have, I had a really interesting director come through named Alfonso Gomez Rejon. I think I, I hope I got his name pronunciation correct. But he was one of our new directors last season, mm-hmm. and he came in and really wanted to reference, you know, musicals like Singing in the Rain and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and he did shoot things and we did cut things a little bit differently a little bit more of these wider shots mm -hmm. where you really see the dancing and and that kind of thing but okay. so but a little more know. traditional i guess yeah. set up for the dance and choreography yeah we kind of live in this world that's in between music video and maybe the old yeah. school m musical where it's like we don't ever want it to feel too music videoing, mm -hmm. or we try to avoid that but we also clearly have a bunch of different things going on and it's not quite as classical and clean as like Fred Astaire you know now you you mentioned it earlier but cutting the Beyonce dance sequence can you give me a sense of how you uh, cut that scene or that approach that cut because it opens the actual whole episode for you. I mean, it was it was interesting because there was in that scene we sort of start in reality mm -hmm. and then go into the camera is was sort of the conceit. So the color is the reality and then once the music starts we're sort of in the video so everything is black and white. Really it's when you're referencing you know, that Beyonce video was so mm -hmm. ubiquitous. It was such a a, a cultural phenomenon that it, it, what's really funny is you're you're referencing it in your edit mm -hmm. and in the choreography obviously is exactly the same but you have Kurt doing it and mm -hmm. it's so you're sort of just following a lot of editing I feel like is just following the characters and the writers the the what the way the characters have been written mm -hmm. and and following it through so you have a situation which is sort of on on the face of it kind of ridiculous mm -hmm. Kurt is doing all the single ladies in the basement of his house and he's Beyonce mm -hmm. so that's the concept and really it's like they're already doing everything all, yeah. all we have to do as editors in that situation is kind of treat it as if it is hundred percent completely real grounded and uh, reasonable that is those are our constraints and like that's that's a fun scene to cut because it's that got that twist of, of its its Kurtz so I guess, music video. could you elaborate on this idea of the characters dictating the cut or their personalities? I, I think that, you know, with the script, on the script level, I don't as much um, mm -hmm. think about cuts. But, but sometimes, you know, it all starts with the writing. And this is a really unique show. Like, even when you get the script, it, it kind of jumps at you because it's, mm -hmm. it's so different and, like, so sharp. But for me, what happens, my process as an, ed as an editor is... I'm checking out the footage mm -hmm. and looking at the performance, looking at these characters and, and sort of reading them in a way, like taking mental notes and kind of pulling selects of things that I like. And that's, that's kind of what guides me, I guess, mm -hmm. in my decisions about, oh, I want to use this take or this other take, mm -hmm. because maybe the performance feels more real or feels just a little bit a little bit more subtle or a little bit more heartfelt or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's constantly making these little decisions about what you what you love. And you, you kind of want to, as an editor, have that emotional connection to the cuts and the performances that you're that you're yeah. that you're making. Like I and for me that's sort of what where it begins. And then from there there's all these like technical you know, you you want things to match, and you there's there's so much that goes into editing and getting it right. But from the very beginning, it's it's just you want to love the pieces that you're, the the moments that you're choosing. And I don't know if this is true. It was just in the research I was doing, but what I read was halfway through the first season because there was that hiatus uh, break, mm -hmm. the producers decided to add 
So originally it was five songs per episode, but it might be just parts of a song or things right. like that. And now it's the full song or it's more of the song. Mm. How did that affect your editing, um, especially time-wise, now that they've given you more songs to work with? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's more challenging to cut. Mm-hmm. But I, I, think it's, I think it's great for the show because, I mean, the fun thing as an editor is it's nice to have one day or a couple of days doing scenes that don't have music and then mm-hmm. you kind of get worn out of them. You sort of need to look at something fresh and suddenly you've got a whole music number, mm-hmm. which you could easily spend two days on or one day on. And so you can kind of bop back and forth. So I don't, I don't really know anything about the decisions mm-hmm. in terms of whether they actually decided to do that or not. Yeah. But I did notice that there were more numbers. Like okay, in the Madonna was, episode, yeah. like we had seven or eight numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it, was, was, it was just, it was, it was great. But it was also like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, it was a lot of music numbers. I have one more question for you. And this one I ask everyone is just, what's your favorite guilty pleasure film? Guilty pleasure film. Hmm. Well, I probably... Probably my my favorite guilty pleasure film would have to be like Star Wars because that's I mean I just saw it so many times as a kid and still every time I see it I love it and I love the way that movie is cut. <laughs> it's just it, it you know what's so I guess the the real test of whether you know a movie is well made or a TV show is well made mm-hmm. or or well cut and I sort of equate the two things they all get confused in my head cutting and filmmaking are Mm-hmm. A big part of the same, you know, magic trick, and but I think if if it can stand up to you watching it a hundred times, mm-hmm. a thousand times, then that that's a meaningful film. <laughs> and for me, that's Star Wars. And mm-hmm. I I I think it's the same for me for Glee. I mean, I have to watch each of the each episode I wor- work on. Mm-hmm. I watch essentially a hundred times, and I always I I can always still kind of. You know, if I if I happen to see someone else watching them, or whatever, like I'll still sort of check it out and be like, yeah, that was a fun one. That was, <laughs> that, those numbers were fun. And but you and don't the, tell them, and then they're like, uh, who are you? Why are you, why are you sitting beside me <laughs> saying that was a fun episode? Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not. <laughs> well, thank you very much of for course. letting me interview. Of well, that was my interview with Joe Leonard. I'd like to thank Joe, my producer Lauren Woodcock, and the American Cinema Editor's Jenny McCormick. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening. You know, Halloween is fast approaching. The day when parents encourage little boys to dress like little girls and little girls to dress like whores and go door-to-door brow-beating, hard-working Americans into giving them free food. Well, you know what, Western Ohio? We've lost the true meaning of Halloween. Fear. Halloween is that magical day of the year when a child is told their grandmother's a demon who's been feeding them rat casserole with a crunchy garnish of their own scabs. Children must know fear. Without it, they won't know how to behave. They'll try Frenching grizzly bears or consider living in Florida. So moms, skip trick-or-treating this year. And instead, sit your little toddler down and explain that daddy's a hungry zombie. And before he went out to sharpen his pitchfork, he whispered to Mommy that you look delicious. And that's how Sue sees it.